everyone, it's Neil Patel, and I'm here on the World of Speakers podcast, teaching you how to build a blog and get more speaking gigs from it. Welcome to the World of Speakers podcast, brought to you by Speaker Hub. In each episode, we interview a professional speaker and reveal their very best tips and tricks. You'll learn to improve your presentation skills, keep your audience engaged, and learn how to grow your business to get more gigs and make more money. Here's your host, Ryan Foland. Hello, everybody, and we are back with another episode, and I am super excited because this is someone who I get emails from all the time, every day, every other day, and they are the type of emails that I click and open and read and enjoy and implement. Ladies and gentlemen, I am excited to have Neil Patel. He is the co-founder of Neil Patel Digital, and what he does, he helps you grow your traffic. Now, not the type of traffic that's on the 405 with cars, but the digital traffic that leads to all kinds of opportunity based on what it is that you're doing. Neil, welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So you're traveling. Where in the world are you right now? I'm in Seattle. So technically, uh, I'm not really traveling. This is a home for me. Oh, <laughs> okay. Well, that sounds good. Well, let's jump right into it. For those people who don't know who you are, I want them to get to know you. So where did this all start and how did you become such the expert when it comes to driving traffic and, you know, how, what, what did that journey look like? Did it all start? Were you, uh, you know, born with a, with a computer in your hand or what? Yeah. No, uh, well, I had a computer <laughs> at an early age. I think it was like around 11 or 12 when I got my first computer, maybe a bit younger, but um, in general, you know, have always been a computer nerd, had one for ages. And what ended up happening is when I was 16, trying to find a job, I was using the internet, couldn't find one because I didn't have a college degree, nor did I have like the prerequisites required to get a high paying job. So I decided to create a job site. You know, when you're searching for a job, you can't find one. <laughs> so much time on these job sites, you're like, oh, let me just create one because I can't find one. Created one. I technically, I paid some people to help me out to create one. It wasn't much, like a thousand bucks. From there, didn't get result or site went up. And then I'm like, cool. Now I'm not making money. What happens next? I'm like, oh, it's because no one comes to the site. Paid a few marketing firms with the money I saved up from working at a theme park, got ripped off, learned it on my own. And then from there I got good at it. And I'm like, wait, I still don't know how to make money, even though I got myself more traffic. <laughs> Why not just get traffic to other people's sites? And there we go. And Neil Patel Digital was born. Yep. So when it comes to your comfort level in being in front of people, right? You have kind of like in film, you talk about being behind the camera and in front of the camera. Do you feel like it really started with you being behind that computer? Because I know now you've sort of morphed into in front of the computer as well, right? I mean, I guess in front of the computer on the screen of the computer. So tell me about like, have you always been a behind the scenes or have you always been in front of the scene? Yeah, I, I've always... Uh there hasn't really been more so like, am I in front or behind? It's more so I do whatever it takes to get the sale. And eventually I was like, because when we started off my first company, which was a real company, which was an ad agency, we didn't have money spent on paid ads and stuff like that. So we're like, okay, we're going to have to figure it out on our own. So, you know, maybe I should blog. And then from there, I was like, oh, maybe I should speak at conferences. Like I was trying all this grassroots stuff to grow the business and it worked. But the point I'm getting at is I ended up becoming the face, not because I wanted to, or I thought it was cool. It was more so I did whatever it took to generate revenue. Now, were you an outgoing kid when you were younger? 
Uh, not too much. I, I wasn't shy or anything like that, but I was in between. Did you play any sports? I did. Play basketball, play baseball. Okay. And do you find that um, your maybe competitive nature and the sort of resourcefulness, is that something that is like ingrained in you? Because what I'm hearing is that it's like, it's almost as though you see this challenge in front of you and you're like, okay, well, how do we figure that out? And then that leads to the next and that leads to the next. Is this just like your personality to figure out anything that needs to happen to make things work? Yes. It's always been my personality, so... And that seems very sort of conducive to this online environment when things are constantly changing, right? Like everything always changes. That's correct. Everything always changes. You just got to keep pushing forward, stay on top of things and make sure you're doing more than the competition. So how would you say as far as your, your research and your development goes versus sharing what's happening? Is it a constant process or do you sort of reevaluate every so often or are you just right in front of the curve, always finding what's happening next. Yeah, I, I'm right on the curve trying to always find out what's happening next and always researching, reading. But yeah, it's just continually pushing forward. And when it comes to spreading you know, this information that you have, do you prefer the blogging or do you prefer the speaking or do you prefer, prefer the videos? Because I know you're, you're big in all those and you've got this sort of this potpourri approach to it. But is there any one that you enjoy the most? Not really. I prefer, I would say I prefer content marketing over all of them if I really had a pick. And it's not by much like writing content. It's because I started with that. So I'm the most used to it. But I really do enjoy the videos. I enjoy the podcasting. I enjoy pretty much doing a combination of everything. And do you think in today's environment, you have to be that well-rounded person who can be in front of a video, be up on stage, also be good at the content creation? Is that sort of the, the silver bullet is having multiple ways that you're comfortable with delivering your message? Yeah, it's um, when it comes to messaging and getting it out there, you have to have multiple ways because the market's evolving where some people want to see video and they want to see the steps. Some people just want to read because it's faster for them to digest. Some people only want to listen to audio so they can listen while they're driving to work, right? you got to adapt with the times and the people. So it's not really what you want. You have to look at more so what the market wants and just adapt and go with it. Gotcha. Do you have any brothers or sisters? One sister. And is she anywhere into the same type of field that you are? Yeah, she deals with all the finance and she runs support for one of our companies, Crazy Egg. Her husband is my co-founder. Oh, very cool. So it's within the family then. That's cool. Uh-huh. All right. So let's talk about some of the practical tips and pieces of advice that you could give to people that maybe you learned along the way or that you wish you learned along the way or that you teach people today when it comes to the tactical presentation of being on stage, being in front of the camera, the presentation concept of delivering your message. So you're asking like, what have I learned by being on stage? Is there a specific way of presenting or just want to? Yeah. So all of the above, essentially, if you were to talk with somebody who is wanting to leverage their ability to speak about their idea, to drive traffic to what they're doing, to be in videos, the presentation format of their choice, but what are some of the tactical pieces of advice that you could give people who are looking to up their their presentation game, their communication, the way that they're getting their message out there. Is there anything that you do or that works for you that you would share and that you do share with people? Yeah. Number one, whatever 
advice or message that you're trying to come across or push across, it has to benefit the person listening. It shouldn't just be about you. It should be about helping others first. Empower others. When you help them out, eventually that can relate to business or cause business indirectly. But don't just go and pitch first. Try to help other people. That's the key. doesn't matter if you're smooth at uh, speaking or if you're an amazing writer, you have grammar errors. As long as you help people out first, you'll be better off. That really is a key. The second thing is when you help people out, make sure it's actionable, short to the point. If someone can take action after they're done, you've done a good job. If it's not actionable, you haven't done a good job. Okay, well, let's dive into those two a little bit. So with this helping people, how do you figure out what people need help with? Do you use uh, some sort of digital magic? Is it just common sense? How do you figure out what it is that people need help with so that you can deliver that? Well, you think about what your business is. So like, let's say mine is I own a digital marketing agency and people come to me because they want to learn how to get more traffic. Instead of selling them on traffic, I first teach them how they can do it. Whether they want to do it on their own, they want to pay me, at least I'm educating. And then from there, people want to do it on their own, they can. People want to pay me, they're like, oh, wow, Neil knows his stuff. We can see it in his content, his videos, his audios. And the way you figure out is you look at your business, you look at your ideal customers, you can survey them, talk to them, call them, email them, and find out, hey, what do they need help with within that industry? Now, when it comes to this educational platform, the, the school of thought that it sounds like you're in is basically give everything and, and as much as you can away so that you're empowering these people. But at the same time, that lets them know that you know it. And when it comes time to hire someone, you come top to mind. Talk about that kind of as a strategy, right? Because I know some people talk about you give just enough to get interest, but it sounds like you're really just laying it all out there. Well, let me ask you a question. If you were to buy sports shoes, what kind of shoes would you buy? Well, let's see, sports shoes. I recently bought some racquetball shoes and they were Adidas. Okay. And if you want to get a credit card, which company would you go call up first? Trick question, because I got in trouble with debt a long time ago, and so I don't have credit cards. But uh, I would probably go to a credit union just to make myself feel safer. Okay. And then if you wanted fast food, what's the first brand that comes to mind? Unfortunately, McDonald's, because some I'm pretty sure I'm addicted to their just straight up cheeseburgers. And I don't I don't like it, but I do like them. <laughs> yeah. All right. So the, the point I'm trying to make is if you think about at least two out of the three brands you stated for the three questions I asked were huge companies. Yeah. Now, Adidas, yes, they do sell you, but they try to create amazing content information. Same with Nike and a lot of other players. Their brand is everywhere. Same with these um, credit card companies, fast food companies, their brand is everywhere. The point I'm trying to make is instead of just selling people, get your brand out there. The more people that see it, eventually the easier it's going to be for you to generate some income from these people in the long run when you're ready to sell them. Okay. So really it's a brand awareness more than it is an education with information. It's just education might happen to be how you're getting your brand out there but then you end up becoming this whole top of mind when it comes to your service, right? Exactly. Now, is that is that process a way that also helps you to land these speaking gigs at conferences and getting on podcasts? Is it that the same brand awareness translates to more opportunity to get your message out? It's almost like a, a positive feedback loop, right? Yeah, it, it pretty much is. So, but, and it, it, 
people follow that same strategy, it'll work for them. They have to be persistent at it. They can't expect results right away, but you give it, you know, a year or two and you can do quite well. I like that. So let's talk about these action items. Now I've watched a ton of your videos and they are very action oriented. Do you have a magic formula for your action items? Is it within a certain amount of time? Do you always give three tips? Is it what kind of structure do you use or is there a structure when it comes to actionability? No, there's no structure. I just try to keep it short to the point and make sure it's actionable enough where they're like, oh, cool. I know what I'm going to get out of this and I know how to, you know, move forward and make sure that people can do something that they're happy with. They're getting results and they're going to tell others about it, but it's just more so you'll know when you do it. Cause you'll be like, Oh, if I listen to this, I can take action on it. Or if you can't, then you're kind of shit out of luck. <laughs> I dig it. I was watching a video recently of yours where you were talking about some of the algorithm changes and that led me down the storm of other videos that you had going on. And one thing that, that, you know, I, I really resonated with was, you were talking about the delivery in which you deliver material and you were kind of acting it out saying, if I was explaining this information to you right now, would you be excited? And you're like, no, I'm actually excited about it. And if you're not excited about it, nobody's going to care about it. And it was in, in reference to getting more engagement to help beat these algorithms. But how important is that, you know, the actual delivery? Because you can have actionable items in a monotone voice that's very boring and, and not engaging. And you seem to be you know, quite engaging and seem to be genuinely excited about what you're doing. So my business partner, Heathen, I kind of my software companies with, he isn't the most charismatic person when he speaks, but the information is just amazing. Right. People more so care about the information than they do about how charismatic you are. Sure. He's not as good as Gary Vaynerchuk or, you know, even me and Gary's much better than I am, but because the information is good, not only do people listen, but they take action. So don't worry if you're not the most presentable or charismatic person. Just focus on your information first. And as you create more content, more speeches, more videos, you'll start getting more comfortable and you'll see a huge shift and change. It just takes time and you have to be patient. Hmm, I like that. And this idea of almost spending a few years before you start to see traction I don't know if people have lost that as a mentality because we are in this sort of now, 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 everything that we see and read shows that by doing these certain things, you can sort of grow and explode. But I like that back to the basics, that it's just a matter of repetition and actually doing and providing great content. And over time, you end up with this brand awareness where people might levitate towards you. Exactly. So when it comes to the medium of... I guess, speaking digitally, right? Do you dabble much into the live stream aspects or for the most part, do you like the more edited video, clean background, um, sort of, you know, dynamic cutting in and out from a medium standpoint of digital, what are some of the platforms and output that you prefer when it comes to speaking through the computer? Yeah, I, I don't really worry about that. I'm like, let editors and other people worry about that. Like, I'm cool with whatever. I think all the channels are great and amazing. You should leverage as many of them as possible. It's more so, it's like, whatever works for you, that's what you should just use. Some people are better at audio. Some people are better at video. Some people are better at text. Like, don't worry about it. Just go do you and, you know, if it works, good. <laughs> I like this. I can see visual. Do you have a book out yet? I do. Uh, wrote one a while ago, a long time ago. It's called uh, Hustle. 
Okay, I can see a new book that is just like, uh, you know, a nice sort of decent thick book. And, you know, each page just has like <laughs> very practical, simple advice. You know, like you could blast through it. You're like, chapter one, <laughs> deliver high value content. You flip through a couple pages. Next, chapter two, make actionable items. <laughs> Number three, find what it is that you're good at and do it. I, l- I love the straightforwardness to it. I want to talk about the, I guess, the, the merging of the worlds between your blog content and the structure that you have and the structure of how you might structure your talks. For those people who have not read any of Neil's articles, uh, you read them and you just keep reading them and then they just keep going and then you don't realize that you're still reading them and there's more information. And the way that you structure them, very staccato-like, lots of white space, lots of research-backed information, do you translate that same structure to some of the talks that you give? Not necessarily. I just go with the flow and I talk and I just make sure, hey, here are the five or six main points that I want to hit that is a key takeaways and I emphasize them and I make sure I focus on them. Okay. So with your blog content, it seems to be a bit structured as in they they sometimes have similar length. There's sort of the staccato-ness to them. There's a lot of research backed. And I'm asking if your blogs are structured in a certain way and you were saying that your your speeches are more off the cuff or you're just sort of talking about them the blog is structured in a very specific way so the way i write my blog post is i do an introduction i come up with the idea of the post first off uh, and that's random then i write an introduction then i write a conclusion summarizing what i want to cover then i bullet out the body and then i write the body and i complete it and then i have my post Okay. And and do you have a similar, that's a really cool structure. So you basically to repeat, you create the idea, it could be random or it just comes to you. You write the intro and the conclusion, and then you go back to bullet point and then you build out the body. Correct. And do you have a similar structure like that when you're organizing a talk that you're giving at a conference or something, or is it just more of a free flow? More of a free flow. I try to just jive and create a conversation with the audience. Yeah. And how do you find that that works with people on the stage as opposed to the more structured format? Is it just that that works for you? Yes. What I think that's nice about that is there's not as much preparation. Uh, You obviously have to know your information, but it comes across a lot more fluid, I would think. Exactly. So it comes up more fluid. You're creating conversation. Audience is more engaged and they like it. Like think of a speech instead of like, here's what I'm going to present. It's more so, here are the main points I want to make across, and let me just have a conversation with people. Hmm, I like that. And that seems to reduce the pressure when it comes to getting things together and structured and and this more rigidity on stage and things such as that. So when it comes to driving traffic, do you find that the speaking element of your business and the video element, how big of a role is that in driving traffic versus some more technical SEO, or is it this sort of weird wide web where they're all actually connected together? Yeah, they're all connected together. Okay. I believe it's like the rule of seven in marketing. Someone sees you seven times and then they're much more likely to convert. That's how I look at business. Okay. So does it matter where those seven areas are or is it just whether it's a billboard or whether it's a this, it's just because I've heard that before, but yeah, you kind of a digital translation. Could be a billboard, could be a YouTube video, could be a TV commercial, could be a banner ad, like it could be a mixture of everything. Could be them meeting you in person, literally just seven times. I'm a strong believer in it. 
Okay. And then when it's 14, is it twice as much? And then when it's 21, is it three times as much? Is it, is it, do you find a correlation like that? Is it just mass exposure or is it, is there too much exposure to give people? No, I don't think there's too much exposure, but after a while, like there's no really increased value add. So there's a diminishing returns of exposure after a certain point. Correct. Okay. With your ability to drive traffic, are you using your, I'm assuming that you're using your own tools to get yourself the ability to create more of these exposures. And I'd be curious to know if you've worked in particular with other speakers or individuals who are trying to build a speaking business and how it relates to driving more digital traffic. Because one, you know, speaking is a very offline kind of component, but I'd be curious to know some actionable items for speakers in order to drive more traffic to them to then essentially help them get more gigs, get more exposure and start taking down those seven, six, five, four, three, two, ones. Yeah. It's, um, I haven't worked with too many speakers, but I know a lot of speakers and the model is simple. When you're giving a speech, tell people to go to your website, subscribe, give them a cool carrot and a landing page where they can opt in for the presentation. So you have more people on your email list. What I found is when you're doing things in regards to building a brand, the best way to build a brand and get the most traffic tends to be text-based content because Google crawls it and it really gets the most engagement, or not the most engagement, but it gets the most traffic in the long run. Hmm. I wonder if taking speeches and transcribing them, is there value in adding transcriptions to your talks? Like imagine just a video versus a video that's also transcribed. Does that give Google more things to crawl on? Yeah, the transcriptions aren't as good. People don't read them the same as they read blog content. You need to have text-based blog content. That's not video transcriptions or audio transcriptions. Hmm. So really text-based blogs and uh, now would that, would that translate to things such as social media posts as well? Or is it just... You know, are you, do you send all traffic back to your blog? I do. You do. And then I try to monetize from there. Okay. So the social media platforms are essentially sending people to the blog. And then the blog is what is this, uh, is the, is the blog then the top of the funnel for you and everything sort of pans out from there? Well, the, the blog, I, there's things that I can do to get more blog is top of funnel, but so is speaking. So is social media, but I try to divert all the traffic back to the blog. And then from the blog, I try to monetize. So how important is it to have a blog? Very important. I would never create a business without a blog. Never create a business without a blog. Okay. So for individuals who are speaking that don't have a blog, they need a blog. Yes. And for those individuals who maybe don't know where to start with a blog, what are some of the basic actionable items? Uh, and is a blog a blog? It doesn't matter whether you're maybe a speaker or a consultant or this Is it just the sole fact of having a blog is the first step? Yeah, I think having a blog is just the first step. Okay. So when it comes to, I guess, when we're talking about Google and crawling, how much are you looking at how the blog is being read or crawled versus not? Uh, And I guess, are you creating content in mind for SEO or is it that you're just creating content? The fact that you're creating content, you have a better chance with SEO. Yeah, you, you're creating content and it's assuming it's being read and people like it because Google looks at your user metrics, time on site, bounce rate, like assume your content's really good, then it helps with SEO. 
So is there any particular type of a format or structure within a blog that makes it makes it more consumable, I guess. Is there, cause your, your blogs are pretty long. Um, yeah. It, the format that works really well is you break your content into paragraphs, you use images, your paragraph shouldn't be more than five or six lines. Use the words you and I within your blog post. Cause it creates a conversation. Use subheadings, you know, to break up paragraphs as well. So then that way it's easier to skim and use a conclusion, label it a conclusion and even ask a question at the end of your conclusion so that way you can get more comments and engagement. Hmm. Okay. Is there a certain target for a word count or does that not matter? It does. Uh, they say word counts of over 2,000 tend to rank higher on page one of uh, Google. So try to aim really? blog posts that are over 2,000 words. Okay. That's a pretty decent sized blog. Yep. And then breaking them up into paragraphs with images and subheaders. And when you say actually say a conclusion, is it just like an actual subheading that says conclusion or are you yeah. just including that into it? No, conclusion with a subheading and then you just wrap it up in a paragraph or two. And what's the rationale for calling out the conclusion? Uh, what we found is people skim when they read. Oh. So they, they first skim and then they many times they go to the bottom and then they go back up. So that's why you want to do that. Gotcha. Okay, so if a speaker were to come to you and say, Neil, I got this blog, I listen to what you're saying, but I still want to know how I can help my digital presence get me offline gigs. If you had to make up a, a secret sauce for speakers to be able to get more gigs, assuming that maybe getting more traffic would be a start to that, is there kind of a, a 101 on that for people who are listening to be able to start and be like, okay, I got it. I got my blog. Now what? Yes. How does that? Tra how do we make the transition from a digital presence to the stage? Well, I get most of my speaking gigs from my blog. So there's a few things. One, you create a speakers page. Two, you have a contact page that highlights how you speak. Those two things really helps with getting more speaking gigs. And then you'll get emails, and then from there, you know, you can push out and like just tell people like, hey, here's what I do. Here's some of my speeches. Here's how much I charge. We also added that to my LinkedIn bio, like let people know that I speak. That's been a great way to also get more speaking gigs. So we found that those strategies have been effective. All right. And then once you have that set up, is it just really a matter of turning on the juice or just bringing more traffic to it? And is it, that's it. So you just set up this foundational and then once you have it, driving more traffic to it? Correct. Yes. With all these algorithmic changes and the fact they're going to continue to change, I know the one algorithm buster is basically paying for ads. What is your strategy on ad spend and basically is there still really a chance to get traction enough organically or to really bust out if you are going from zero and want to be hero? Do you really have to invest in these different ad platforms? Yeah, you have to invest in these ad platforms. Um, you can test them out. And in the long run, you're going to need more and more of it. But in the short run, you don't have to do it. When you're starting out, like it's not needed. It just helps give you a kickstart. But in the long run, as you're growing and making more, you should uh, invest in them for sure. Okay. Once people have gotten up on stage and they've basically given their talk and they might have a video or they might have some sort of digital exhaust from it, do you have any advice on how to best maximize talks or speeches that have been given, like let's say you go and give a speech at a conference and you're able to record it, you're able to have it. Is that something that you are advertised or market online? Do you have a process or a system to take basically a speech or some sort of visual and then create the digital exhaust after you're done with it? 
I don't have a process, but you can just upload it, you know, put it on YouTube, share it. And as more people see it, you're also going to get hit up for more gigs as well. Okay. Do you have a speaker's reel? I do not. I've never created one. I don't even send people my speaking videos. I just get hit up because of the blog and stuff. And then, you know, you charge them. But I've never tried creating a speaker's reel. I don't know where to get one created or anything like that. Good idea. Okay. Well, I mean, what's working for you is still working. And I think that's funny because there are so many people that put so much emphasis on the fact that you need this killer speakers reel, but you're obviously crushing it in a whole new way where people are just, you probably have enough inbound requests to where you sort of have your pick and choice, correct? Correct. And do you think that, um, I mean, how much are you outbound seeking opportunities to speak versus inbound that's coming knocking on your door? I've never tried outbound. I didn't know it worked. <laughs> All right. I love this. And this is this is what people are probably laughing at because a lot of people are outbound. So, And they charge for speaking gigs and they do outbound? No, outbound would be like applying for different opportunities or, or reaching out to um, organizations. But do you get paid when you do outbound? Uh, yeah, it depends. I, I don't think that there are as many paid gigs, at least at a larger paying level. And when speakers are trying to get their reputation together, a lot of times huh. it's that it's that catch 22, right? When somebody is saying, I want to pay you to speak, well, where have you spoken? But people are trying to get their careers and speaking or at least going. So by doing outbound and applying for call to speakers, you're right. It's not like there's going to be a big 10, 20, 30,000 honorarium. But for people who are trying to get their foot into the speaking industry, I believe a lot of people are outwardly seeking these opportunities in order to get themselves into a spot where it becomes inbound. Got it. Cool. Yeah. But I, I, I maybe we can dig in for a little bit more about how the blog creates these speaking opportunities. What about a, like how frequent should somebody be blogging? At least three times a week. Three times a week. Okay. And are you of the mindset that you sort of build them and almost sandbag them and, and, and just get this sort of plethora of them and then drip them out? Do you batch them together or are you just at just constantly writing, constantly producing these things? Yeah. Constantly writing, constantly producing. Uh, I don't do batches because I do daily. So technically I just write daily. Okay. And are there any specifics within that? Because I know that the content creation part of the blog for a lot of people is difficult because of the time and sort of the, you know, getting into that habit. Are there any specific habits that you use? Like, for example, um, I heard that Jerry Seinfeld writes every day and he has a dedicated calendar that he just puts a big red X on. And the concept is that he doesn't want to break the chain because if you have 17 days in a row with a bunch of X's and then you don't do it on the 18th day, you're like, ah, there's this pressure to put an X on the calendar. Is there anything you do to hold yourself accountable for creating so much content? No, I just do it. <laughs> no, I just do it. I love that. So just do it. Uh, when it comes to your preferred method of creating these, are you just straight typing? Do you do any transcriptions to where you talk it out and then transcribe it and then, and then edit it? No, I just write it. Put it into uh, WordPress, someone else edits it. Very cool. <laughs> okay, so blogging three times a week is more better or is there still some sort of a frequency that is the magic you don't want to overwhelm people? Uh, no, three times a week is a good start and then go from there. Okay, so blogging seven times a week would be that much better. Yes. Okay, but when you have a blog and it's published on your WordPress site, what are some of the basic stuff to get it 
outside of that? Because I, th- I have a feeling a lot of people are writing, but not everybody is reading that. If you were to say the top three ways to get people to get more exposure to their blog, what would that be and how would they achieve that? Top three ways to get more exposure to your blog is one, share your articles on the social web. You already have social profiles. Two, anyone who you link out to, email them, ask them to share your article on the social web. That's another great way. And three, one easy, simple way to get exposure is to pick the right topics. Eight out of 10 people will read your headline. Two out of 10 will read the rest of your content. So when you're writing a blog post, use tools like buzzsumo.com where you put in keywords and they'll tell you what's hot, what's not, what's worked in the past, because that'll all give you ideas of, you know, steer you in the direction of what you should or shouldn't do. So the headliner is a huge part of that. And the headliner, you were saying what, eight out of 10 people read the headliner, but only two out of 10 read your actual article? Correct. Okay. And BuzzSumo, are there any other resources? Because I know BuzzSumo is out there, but it can get expensive if you're if you're past that sort of free trial for people. Any other resources or is that sort of the gold standard? Gold standard, you can use Twitter search, which is useful. SEMrush has a free version, which is also good. Okay, very cool. All right, so I love the fact that this is as simple as it gets. Just write every day, create three blogs a week, Make sure that anybody that you're mentioning, you're asking them to share, as well as you share, putting enough time and focus on your headliners to make sure that people actually will read past the headliners, and then just rinse and repeat and wait for people to call you up to speak, right? (laughs) I just got it. (laughs) I love this simple matter-of-fact approach to it. When it comes to your speaking and your sort of desire to speak more, Do you have a certain target of speeches that you want to give every year? Or is it, again, just sort of whatever comes up? And if it makes sense, it makes sense and you go for it. Yeah, if it makes sense, I just go for it. I've never really tried to do paid speaking. I do it. Don't get me wrong. I want to do more of it, but it just comes and you just do more of it. Okay. Well, you heard it there, ladies and gentlemen. It's as simple as just doing it. So, Neil, I I love the straightforward approach to this. And if somebody was going to check out your blog, I'm assuming they just go to neilpatel.com. Yep. Simple. Check it out. Find a headliner that resonates. Click on it. Read it. And then whether or not you want to comment and uh, hire Neil to come speak on your stage, he doesn't care because he's just going to keep creating content, right? It's pretty much. All right, Neil. So I uh, appreciate the time. And I like this. Uh, I, this is motivation for me to get my blogging game on because I'm definitely not blogging three days a week. But I think that at this point, I'm just going to start writing every day. Cool. Best of luck. All right. <laughs> Thanks, Neil. Bye.